Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour. I'm Dr. Mystery, uh, uh, here joined by Donna Lee. Hello, everybody. I have Dr. Ong with us, one of our partners at uh, Urology Specialists of Austin. Glad to be back. Now, uh, I met Dr. Ong when she was on staff at uh, the University Medical Center Breckenridge, uh, where she was the entirety of the urology staff for a number of years. I was there for seven years. I'm sure that you got to see a, a, a wide variety of patients, uh, some very interesting pathology. Uh, I remember training in an indigent care center when I was at Baylor in Houston and uh, was truly amazed by uh, the number of medical conditions that could get so far advanced. Oh, definitely. Um, when patients don't have easy access to medical care, often they don't seek care until something has gone on for quite a while. And that was true for for kidney stones as well. Well, uh, kidney stones are a big part of the practice of uh, virtually any urology group. Uh, it's considered a part of our bread and butter and uh, makes up most of what somebody will go to the emergency room to, to, to seek care for and will ultimately end up in one of our offices. Dr. Ong, uh, I, I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about what uh, the evaluation of a kidney stone patient may include when they go to the emergency room. Uh, what can they expect? What are uh, some of the most common emergency treatments that we do for stones? Well, the, for the evaluation in the emergency room, number one is they need to get some pain medicine to get them out of extreme pain. Then imaging is imperative because we have to know not only where is the stone, but how big is the stone? Are there multiple stones that are going to need to be treated? That largely dictates our approach. So when patients uh, are uh, going to the emergency room, what are uh, some of the most common symptoms that they're experiencing? And what are the big symptoms that we just get totally scared to hear? Most of the patients say it's one of the worst pains they've ever had. It's typically on one side of the body. It can be in the mid-back. It can be radiating around into the belly or the lower belly. And the guys can even say that the pain seems to radiate down to the testicle on that side. I've heard that uh, quite a few times myself. A lot of times these patients will have uh, nausea, vomiting associated with it. Uh, it can be something that they feel like maybe even threat to their life. It can be so severe. Uh, I've even heard a lot of women who have given birth tell me that uh, it's worse than even giving birth. Oh, definitely. Blood in the urine that's visible may or may not happen with the stone. It's not a requirement. Well, when patients have a fever associated with these symptoms, that is a super emergency, and that's when a lot of them will show up to the emergency room. So uh, what other tests can they expect to get uh, when they're in the emergency room? Typically, you know, they'll want a urine sample, they'll do some blood work, as well as either a plain x-ray or a CT scan for imaging. If the the emergency room has a high suspicion for uh, kidney stone, uh, they often won't use the uh, intravenous contrast that uh, sometimes people experience when they get a, a CAT scan. The CAT scan takes off of about four minutes to run them through and can find most all stones that we're looking for. It's the most sensitive and the most specific test to look for kidney stones. It's so simple. The patient lays on the flat table for just a few minutes. They have them hold their breath for a few seconds at a time, and there are the images for us, and we know you know exactly where are the stones. So, uh, you know, if there is really a kidney stone in transit that's going to be causing pain, it's going to be usually present in the tube that connects the kidney and the bladder, and that's called the ureter tube. What can we expect in terms of 
the likelihood of spontaneously passing a stone in relationship to the size of the stone. Patients ask me, how can such a little bitty stone cause so much pain? The ureter connecting the kidney to the bladder is a very, very small structure. Imagine a big semi-truck trying to go through a tiny tunnel. You know, I, uh, I try to tell patients that stones that are uh, five millimeters or less are likely to pass on their own. And so a lot of times those patients are advised to go home and drink lots of fluid uh, and then uh, pass the stone, try to catch it, come and see us in the office so that we can do some testing to find out uh, how we can prevent them from forming the stones, doing an analysis on the stone so they can know exactly what it's formed from. And sometimes uh, when they're right there in the emergency room, we take them to the operating room to take the stone out. Say, uh, Dr. Ong, why don't you tell us a little bit about the procedure that we do that we uh, often utilize to take stones out? If they're in the emergency room, and, and especially if the, the pain is just not controllable or if they've been trying to pass the stone for a while, it's, we just need to go ahead and get it out. Typically, that's going to be a procedure called a ureteroscopy. And now this is a true surgery. And while asleep in the operating room, we'll use a tiny telescope going through the urethra and the bladder so we don't have to make cuts to get into the patient. And the telescope goes into the ureter until we get to where the stone is. We can use a holmium laser to physically break up the stone into tiny little bits and then remove those any of the pieces that are bigger than sand grain size. Now, this sounds pretty magical and uh, is pretty effective. Probably, uh, what would you say, about 95% effective to get rid of stones? It can be very effective, especially um, if the stones are in the ureter. Uh, after we do the procedure, we have to put a stent in. And uh, for those of our uh, veteran stone experiencers, uh, the stent can be something that can uh, induce some, uh, some fear. Now, the, the stent is a temporary drainage tube. And I emphasize that so that the patients know they're not going to be stuck with it for a prolonged period of time. This stent is important because it allows the kidney to continue to drain while any of the swelling that's in the ureter tube resolves. And what I try to tell patients is, uh, although the stent can be a little uncomfortable, at least it's a pain that they know is going to be there and is something that they can manage. So uh, if they're about to get on a plane to go on a major trip or about to experience a wedding or any other uh, type of important event, they may not be very happy that they have to have this internal stent. At least they'll be able to uh, get on with their activities. Dr. Ong, um, after the stone's gone and we're testing and we try to give people advice on uh, how they can avoid uh, stones in the future, we, we use supplements uh, all the time. Is that right? Yes, we do. Um, the supplements are important, especially based on the results of the 24-hour urine. There are actually supplements which can be stone-preventative medication. Why don't you tell us about uh, maybe the three most common supplements that we use and, and uh, which patients they're appropriate for? Potassium citrate is a prescription medication, and the potassium component as well as the citrate component are stone inhibitors. And when we find that patients have urine that is low in either of those components, we have to add more potassium citrate to their diet in order to help prevent future stones. I also like to use um, citrate-containing uh, liquids like uh, lemonade and uh, even crystal light lemonade. It just depends on some people like to take pills and some people like to try something a little different. Very much so. And actually, there was one fascinating study where they actually looked at 
uh, comparison of potassium citrate pills versus lemonade as a, as a medication. They found that the patients who were taking lemonade were much more likely to continue with the treatment. And in addition, it forces the patients to increase their hydration as well. So uh, we also use uh, other supplements uh, like magnesium, right? Yes. Magnesium is a, is a stone inhibitor as well. You have to be a little bit careful because some forms of magnesium are likely to cause diarrhea, less likely to happen if taken with food. That's great. And then um, I think that some patients know that uh, stones are made from calcium. So especially women who are maybe postmenopausal or worried about osteoporosis may have mixed feelings about taking calcium supplements. But urologists know that calcium supplements don't cause stones, right? It's very important that patients keep their bones strong. I encourage patients to have a normal calcium intake. There are even some patients well, where I will have them take calcium on a scheduled basis to prevent stones. This is especially important when the urinary oxalate level is high. To a degree, we can reduce the oxalate with dietary changes, but by taking calcium supplements, this can actually bind the oxalate so it never gets absorbed. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, giving us that insight, Dr. Ong. Uh, we're about to uh, enter the cusp of uh, stone season, which is kind of the urologist Christmas uh, when uh, kidney stones will uh, uh, pepper the emergency rooms throughout the city. Uh, we would encourage our patients to drink uh, lots of fluid uh, that if you think that you're having a kidney stone and you think you can avoid the emergency room, call our office uh, for an appointment. We'll try to get you in right away. And uh, if you have a history of kidney stones and want to avoid them, uh, come and commit to us. We'll uh, do the testing that's necessary and put you on the right supplements uh, to keep you on uh, the right healthy track. Feel free to contact us at armormenshealth at gmail.com or visit our website at uh, armormenshealth.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Ong. We'll be right back. Dr. Mystery wants to hear from you. Email questions to armormenshealth at gmail.com. We'll be right back with the Armor Men's Health Hour. 